Ephesians 2, verse 8, where we read, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So it's about grace. And there are three things that I would like to consider. First, grace is undeserved. Secondly, grace is for free. And thirdly, grace makes us humble. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know about you, but when I read that story, that parable which Jesus told about the laborers in the vineyard, then I have the feeling that it's not good what happens there. That the way in which this landlord is dealing with his workers is not right. I mean, it's not fair that those who worked for only one hour were paid the same amount as those who worked all day long. Imagine you have a job and you work five days a week. And at the end of the week, you get paid your salary. And there is this other guy who has only worked for one day, and at the end of the week, he gets paid his salary, and he, he is paid the same amount as you. And then you say, that's not fair. I, I'm sure you will tell your employer, that's not the way it should be. That's not how it works in our society. And when you start a new job, I imagine that there will be some employment contract in which your salary is mentioned and your payment depends on how many hours you are working and, and what kind of work you are doing. And, and as long as you are paid according to this contract, everything is fine. And when you are a Christian employer and have people working for you, it's your Christian duty to pay them a fair salary. In the Bible, there are warnings for rich people who deal with their workers in an unfair way. And there is, for instance, in the New Testament, and the, the prophets in the Old Testament are, are speaking about this, but also in the New Testament, in the epistle of James, it says, Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, crieth unto God. God is looking at it, that the, these rich people are, are not paying the, the people who have worked for them. The, the rich enjoy a good income and a good life, and the workers do not receive for what they have been working for. That's condemned by God. And, and it's true, life is much more than money, and yet the Bible teaches us that there should be a fair payment for the work which is done. I point at the, the words of Paul in 1 Timothy 5, 
It says, the laborer is worthy of his reward, which is clear language. You should pay the laborer according to his work. Now, with this in our minds, let us look again at the story, the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. And then you may wonder, why does Jesus tell us this story in which there is no fairness at all when it comes to the payment of the workers? It, it doesn't seem to be right what happens there. Now, of course, Jesus is not just telling a story. It's, it's a parable in which Jesus wants to teach us something. He wants to teach us a lesson, and this lesson is about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And this parable shows us that in the kingdom of God, things are very different from the way things are organized in our own world in which we are living, in our society. In our world, we are paid for the work which we have done. But in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, there is a different rule. You are not paid for the work which you have done. In, in this parable, the laborers are paid according to what is right in the eyes of the landlord. In other words, in the kingdom of heaven, we receive what is right with God. We, we do not earn salary for the work we have done. What we receive is a gift of God. And this gift of God is called grace. And that's what we are talking about tonight, grace. This parable of the laborers in the vineyard is an illustration of what Paul is, is teaching us in Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And the first thing we consider is that grace is undeserved. Now, grace of course, is a very biblical word. And as Reformed Christians, it's very likely that we are familiar with this word, grace. It's a key word in the kingdom of God. But what does it mean? And, and in what way can this word grace and grace itself, the thing grace, become important in our Christian life. In his letter to the Ephesians, <clears throat> there's one thing that we should notice. Paul teaches us a lot about the meaning of grace in Christian life. And he, he writes this letter to the saints which are in Ephesus, faithful in Christ Jesus, and he greets them with the words, grace be to you and peace from God the Father, and so on. And when you carefully read through this letter, you will notice that very often Paul uses the expression, 
in Him, meaning in Jesus Christ. It, it's on every page in this letter, in Him or in Jesus Christ. I'll give you a few examples from this letter. First of all, in, uh, in chapter 1, verse 3, He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And in the next verse, in 1, verse 4, according as He has chosen us in Him, meaning in Christ Jesus. And in 1 verse 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood, in whom, that is, in Christ. And then again in the chapter which we have read, in chapter 2 verse 6, and He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. And there are many more examples in this letter to the Ephesians. Now this, this in him or in Christ is Paul's way of pointing out the, the union which exists between a believer and Jesus Christ. When you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are in him, which means very close related to Him, connected to Him. Paul calls them saints, believers in Ephesus. And they are saints and believers because they are in Christ. They owe everything to Jesus Christ. Now, and these are great things which they have in Christ. It begins in, in chapter 2, verse 1, by saying, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And those who believe in Jesus Christ are also raised from the dead in him, together with him. And this is something that we should consider very well, because it means that apart from Jesus Christ, we are dead in trespasses and sin. That's the reality when we are not in Christ, when we are not united with Him by faith. Then we are dead in trespasses and sin. So it's, it's either one of these two. There is no neutral in between. It's, it's either you are in Christ or you are dead in trespasses and sin. Now those who believe in Jesus Christ, it says here, they are also raised from the dead. They passed from death to life. How did it happen? Now, Paul tells us in, in chapter 2, verse 3, that by nature, we are children of wrath. So, we deserve to be condemned by God, and that means eternal death. 
And then it says in, in, in verse 4, but God. And that's important. He, he just told us in, in, in verse 3, by nature we are children of wrath, even as others. And then it says, but God. From our side there is no hope, no life. But God, when God comes in, when God is going to do something, things will change. And when it says in verse 4, but God, then we hear words like mercy, love, and grace. Because of our sins, we were separated from God. But it is Jesus who makes us alive with him, and that is grace. By grace are ye saved. In the, books of, in the book of the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 40, which is a very important chapter in that book, we read the well-known words of comfort from God. It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. And then it also says, speak to Jerusalem that their iniquity is pardoned. That their iniquity is pardoned. It means, of course, that their iniquity, the sin of the people, is forgiven. But it's forgiven in a special way. It is pardoned, which means that is undeserved forgiveness. Forgiveness out of grace. Sometimes it happened that a criminal in, in, in prison is pardoned by the government. Not because they found out that after all he was not guilty at all. He is still guilty. Not because he has fulfilled his time in prison because maybe he has been sentenced for life imprisonment, and yet he is pardoned just because the government wanted to pardon him out of grace. Now, this is also how the grace of God is working. When God pardons our sins, it is undeserved when we receive God's grace, we can only receive God's grace as guilty sinners. Which means, when we think about grace, there are two sides to this grace. On the one side, it tells us about God's mercy and God's love, because He is gracious. It is God who wants to be gracious. But on the other side, grace tells us about ourselves that we are guilty sinners before God, children of wrath who deserve to be condemned by God. When, when we receive God's grace, when, we, when God's grace comes into our lives, this is what we should realize, that, that we are worthy of God's condemnation and that the grace which we receive is undeserved. This is what Paul is telling us in Ephesians 2 verse 8. 
You are saved by, by faith, and that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Grace is always undeserved from our side. You cannot in any way earn the grace of God. It is the free gift of God. And that's the second thing that I want to consider about grace. Grace is for free. Grace is a free gift. You don't need to pay, to pay for it. No, don't need to pay a price for it. It's for free. And I don't know about you, but it's always nice to get something from, for free when you don't have to pay for it. And it seems that especially Dutch people are very interested in things which are for free. I remember the time when we were living in Fort McLeod 30 years ago. There was the skating rink. And every Friday night there was free skating sponsored by the local grocery store. And every Friday night the skating rink was especially crowded with the Dutch people. It's always nice to get something for free. And so it's, it, it's a good thing to hear that God's grace is for free. Although, that's one side. But there is another side to this. You know... On the internet, there are those marketplaces where you can buy and sell your used goods. Things that you don't need anymore may be useful for someone else. Now, there may be something that you want to get rid of and you don't want to be paid for it. So, you put it up at some of those marketplaces for free. Just pick it up for free. I did it once with some books. And there were some people who let me know that they were coming to pick up those books. But nobody ever showed up. Because things that are for free probably are not worthwhile to make an effort for it. Now something similar may happen to the grace of God. We, we seem to have a problem with accepting the grace of God for free. We, we often think that we need to do something as a, as a contribution from our side. The, the grace of God, that's about forgiveness of sins, which we talked about last week. It's about eternal life. It's about restored in our relationship with God the Father. Now these are great things, precious things. And one can hardly believe that these things are available for free. So you may have the idea that, that one way or another you have to do something to obtain these things. You, you, meet with, you need to meet with certain conditions before these blessings will be available for you. This was also the idea of the Apostle Paul at first. 
In Philippians 3, he tells us about those things which he thought that they would make him eligible for the grace of God, for the kingdom of God. He was circumcised the eighth day, as it is mentioned in the, the laws of Moses. He was from the people of Israel, from the tribe of Benjamin. He thought himself blameless in living a righteous life. He thought that he had everything to earn the kingdom of God. And then he found out that this is not the way it works. The only thing he needed was the grace of Jesus Christ. Now we may, may also think sometimes that we need to do something to, to earn that grace of God. You need to be more prayerful. You need to be a better student of the Bible. You need to be a better neighbor. You need to be a better witness for Christ and so on, all these things. And, and these are very good things in themselves. But you cannot earn the kingdom of heaven by doing these things. We are only accepted by God out of grace and nothing else. Not by our works, but only by grace which is for free. And the next thing I want to consider is that grace makes us humble. When, when it is true for us that grace is for free and undeserved and that this is the way in which we will receive God's blessings and the kingdom of God will end, and we will enter the kingdom of God, when this is true for us, it's also true for other people, for other Christians to begin with. You know, in, in, in John chapter 1, chapter 10, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And then he says in, in John 10, verse 16, he says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Which is about the, the unity of the church. One people with one King, Jesus. Now we all know that the church of Jesus Christ is a very divided church. Those who confess themselves to be followers of Jesus Christ, they call themselves with many different names. We like to call ourselves Reformed. Others call themselves Evangelical or Baptists or whatever. And even the Reformed Christians who call themselves Reformed are divided among each other. Even in the New Testament, we find this kind of divisions. And the Church of Corinth is an example. In the Church of Corinth, there were some who said, I am of the party of Paul. And others say, I belong to the party of Apollos. 
And again, others, I belong to the party of Peter. And then there were the, the, the spiritual gifts which were very much present in the church of Corinth. And some are boasting on the spiritual gifts which they have received from the Holy Spirit. And some of them thought that their gifts were better gifts than other, others had received. They looked down upon others who had lesser gifts of the Spirit. And it, it, it still may happen that you think that you are somehow a better Christian than someone else who is different from you. Now, of course, we need to hold on to the truth of the Bible as opposed to false teaching. We should be aware of that. But there may be minor differences of opinion between Christians. <clears throat> and even in the New Testament, we see this in the matter of eating meat which has been sacrificed to idols. Paul says, well, he found it no problem to eat that meat, but if someone would see it as a problem, he would not eat that meat. But he especially told us to respect each other in this matter. Now, there may be minor differences, and sometimes because of this, you may be inclined to think that you, have, that you are a better Christian because you have a better interpretation of the Bible. And then it's important to realize again that we are not accepted by God because we have a better knowledge of the Bible, but that we are accepted by God out of grace. And in ourselves, we are not, nothing better than anyone else. And this is not only true for when we look at other Christians around us, but also when we look at the world in which we are living. By grace, you were saved. By grace, you were made alive while you were dead in trespasses and sin. Glory be to God who granted you this grace. But that doesn't mean that you can look down upon those in this world who are still living in sin. By nature, we are not better than they. And if God was able to change my life by His grace, God will be able to change that other person by His grace. No one is too great a sinner for the grace of God. Let's be aware of that. When you realize that we are saved by grace, you can never be proud as a Christian. Grace is undeserved. It's the free gift of God. It's not of yourselves that you are saved. And not in any way have you yourself made any contribution to your salvation. It's the free gift of God. It's grace alone. 
Now, this is, in essence, the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace as a free gift of God, and we do not earn our salvation by our own good works. But now a question arises, and this question is asked, for instance, in the Heidelberg Catechism. It says, does not this doctrine of grace, this doctrine of grace, does not make this doctrine careless and profane people? In other words, if this is true, that we are not saved because of our good works, but only because of God's grace, free grace, does not that mean that, that we can just continue our sinful lives because God will be gracious anyway? The same sort of question was asked in the New Testament. Paul writes about it in Romans 6. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You know, the idea is whenever we, we sin, we can enjoy the grace of God. So the more we sin, the more we can enjoy the grace of God. It seems that some people had that kind of thoughts. Now, in Romans 6, Paul is very clear about this. He says, God forbid. And and the answer of the Heidelberg Catechism is also clear. It says, by no means, for it is impossible that those who are implanted into Christ by a true faith should not bring forth fruit of thankfulness. When you have experienced the grace of God as a gift of of God's goodness and, and God's love, then you cannot just continue in sin. Grace will change your life. Sin is no longer your friend. It has become an enemy. You know, when you you have received the grace of God, you still have to deal with sin as long as you are in this life. But by the grace of God, sin is no longer your delight but it has become a burden. And it is the grace of God which will give you strength to to fight sin and to abhor sin. Now, Paul says in Ephesians 2, verse 10, he says, we are His workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. It's also important to to notice this, because it tells us that even good works are a gift of God. Good works don't bring honor for ourselves. Even good works which we perform are a gift of God's grace, all of grace, and glory be to God. Now, there is one more thing that I should mention. Grace is for free, which means we don't have to pay for it. But grace has been paid for. In verse 7, it says, about, it speaks about God's kindness. 
which comes to us through Jesus Christ. Grace is for free, but Jesus paid for it. He paid for it when he gave his life on the cross. Saved by grace means saved by the sacrifice which Jesus Christ made for us when he died on Calvary as a sacrifice for our sins. That's the grace of God. And it is in this sacrifice of Jesus Christ, in the cross of Christ, that the grace became visible to us. And therefore, it's all to the glory of God. And it's true, grace. It's, it's amazing grace. You know, it's amazing grace. How sweet a sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amen.